Hey, what's up, everybody? Before we jump into today's episode, I wanted to let you know of a special announcement. If you've been ever interested in our courses to help you ace your FE or PE exam, definitely go check them out at civilengineeringacademy.com. Prices on our existing courses are going to be seeing a little bump in price coming on June 3rd of 2023. So if you are ever, if you've been ever interested in acing your exams and needing a course to do it, go check us out, civilengineeringacademy.com. We can help you crush your FE or PE exam at uh, the best prices you'll probably ever see. So go check that out real quick. What's up, everybody? Isaac here, Civil Engineering Academy. Excited to be with you on another podcast episode. Today, I have a special guest, a previous student of our course, who details his journey into taking the Civil PE exam. He has some great tips for people. It is Alex Kuhn. And he is working on some fabulous projects. I think they're amazing projects that are actually in New York City. A tunneling project, geotechnical projects, working on high-rise. I mean, these are like the pinnacle of civil engineering projects, I think, that people want to be a part of. And he's a construction manager over there overseeing some of these awesome projects. So we dive into that, talk about the stuff he's working on, but we also tack on his journey to pass his PE exam. He is a student of the Ultimate Civil PE Review course, which is the program we offer for those taking the PE exam. If you're interested in checking that out, go to civilpereviewcourse.com, or you can find it through our main website, civilengineeringacademy.com. You can get all the good stuff. And, um, you know, we lay it all out there. It's a fun course for people that uh, make it fit for their schedule. So if you need that, it's there for you. Definitely check that out. Anyway, that's enough about that. Let's get to our conversation with Alex so you can hear about his own journey and the cool projects he's working on. It's coming up right after this. Hey guys, if you haven't already, I want to let you know about our awesome newsletter. If you haven't signed up for the Civil Engineering Academy newsletter, seriously, what's wrong with you? I'm just kidding. Go check it out, though. You'll get all the latest episodes that we produce, blog articles, exams, discounts, course material. All this fun stuff is through our newsletter. So if you haven't signed up, go check it out. That's civilengineeringacademy.com slash newsletter. You'll be taken. Go sign up and uh, you'll start getting our fun newsletters that we send out usually once a week. So go check it out. Civilengineeringacademy.com slash newsletter and go sign up. Hey guys, before we continue, I want to tell you about another fun resource that we have and we have partnered up with School of PE. If you go to civilengineeringacademy.com slash SOPE, you can go check out all the resources that they have there. Obviously, your head should be in practice problems. And so what I've really liked is that these guys will help you find additional problems for your FE or your PE. They do have courses as well, but one of the things I've really enjoyed is they've developed a PE Civil Breadth Review Manual as well as Depth Review Manuals. You go check those out and they can help you get additional resources for PE. They also have FE stuff there too. So go check them out. We have teamed up with them. Go to civilengineeringacademy.com slash SOPE. Go check out what they have and uh, start practicing because that's where your head should be. All right, thanks. All right, what is going on, Alex? Thanks for jumping on the Civil Engineering Academy podcast. Good to be here. You look official over there, Alex, on site, doing his thing. Every day, yep. You're working on a big project over there, so we might as well just dive into that a little bit. What do you do for a living? What's going on where you're at? 
I work at a consulting firm and we're working on a tunneling project in New York City right now for the water department. We're building a 750 foot shaft in, in Queens. That's deep. We're about two years in and it sounds like we got another maybe six years to go. So it's a big project. I mean, can you share why is it 750 feet? Great question. <laughs> What's the purpose behind that? The answer is for the seismic load. There's three water tunnels in New York City, and people are nervous that the first one was built 100 years ago, and maybe it needs to be fixed up a little bit, or is maybe not as durable as it was, they thought it was. So the second one delivers most of the water to New York, and then this third one is a backup in case of any large natural disaster. So it's much larger and uh, stronger than the other two water sources. That's amazing, man. That's cool engineering going on there. And what is your role within that whole project? I'm working on the construction management side in underneath the resident engineer. So uh, I'm the site and tunneling inspector. So I'm really out there in the field every day. We have an office here and I'm doing some uh, red line work of some as-built drawings and uh, just general construction management over the project. So I'm assuming this may be one of your favorite projects you've ever worked on. It sounds very unique. Yeah. You know, I've done a couple of high rises that I thought were really cool, but this one really takes the cake for maybe the, the most extreme or has the most amount of special details that you wouldn't get to experience on other projects. I would venture to say that most engineers probably don't get experience something of that magnitude or even high rises up to a certain level, really. So you've got some unique experience there. I did two high rises in Kansas City, and they were uh, 25 stories. And uh, when I moved to New York, they told me that 25 stories is not a high rise. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's a low rise. Yeah, pretty big for Kansas City. Kind of your average run-of-the-mill building in New York. That's awesome. Well, let's back up, I guess, a little bit, and let's talk about how you found yourself into this world of civil engineering. Why was this a route that you think you, you ended up in? Yeah, so I have a background in, in geotech, and when I started geotech, it just kind of felt like I wasn't sure what type of civil I wanted. I knew I liked construction and civil, and I fell into geotech. And then looking back, you know, growing up, I was obsessed with rocks and getting dirty and stuff. It felt like I just kind of fell into it. And then when I look back, I realized that it's something I've been interested in my whole life. Loving the rocks, loving the dirt. That's what you love. That's exciting. That's kind of how we find ourselves in the areas that we gravitate to. We've talked about some of your favorite projects. It sounds like you're working on some really cool stuff. I guess within those projects, what has been your favorite part, I guess, of maybe being a civil engineer? I think everyone likes watching the project come together. When you're in the field, you really see it's more than a stack of drawings or a report. You can see the whole project go together. From an engineering standpoint, or maybe a specific detail would be, I did a three-mile tunnel in Long Island at the beginning of the pandemic. And when the tunnel boring machine needs air, right, because there's 12 guys working on it, and there's a specific volume of airflow for safety reasons and to keep everyone working. And the longer the tunnel gets, the airline has to keep on delivering that volume of air 
and it's more difficult. You know, you need more power because of the friction that goes through the, it's called a bag line. It's like a cloth tube that pushes air into the TBM. And because it's like this plastic tarp material, if you up the pressure, then that tube is going to go from being, you know, two foot diameter to three foot diameter. And when you're building a tunnel, that can become a lot of space. And towards the end of this tunnel, when we were three miles in, this tube had become like four feet in diameter. And there's a train. A train delivers the guys to the tunnel machine and delivers segments and equipment. And they had to do the calculation before they even started to make sure that the train would be able to fit underneath the airline at the end of the tunnel after they had upped the pressure to continue circulating air. And the forward thought in this of how much is this bag line going to expand? What's the rate of, I think it's like cubic feet per minute of air these guys are going to need and how much room we have to play with so they can make sure they ordered a train that was only a certain height so they would be able to fit in the tunnel the entire time. And that level of detail, I just find fascinating about projects like this. That's crazy. Yeah. I've never done anything like that in my world of civil engineering, but why do they have to use a bag line that's made out of cloth? Why couldn't they use something more fixed? Well, I guess that I would say that it would be uh, time and cost. The bag line, they come in. They come in packs of 500 foot at a time, and it almost has no downtime. And so if they were constantly installing in steel, that that would maybe be a little bit more expensive. I see. Yeah. Details. Awesome. You're working on all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah, that's what I shoot for. (laughs) Well, let's dive into your journey to pass the PE exam. How was that for you? I had some struggles, definitely, in the beginning. and. I qualified to sit for the exam in 2017, and I ended up taking it in 2021. A little bit of a gap there? Yeah, yeah, four-year gap. I signed up for it, and then life came at me, and I ended up moving to a different state, a different job. I had children, and it just kept on feeling like I didn't have time to study. My bosses would tell me, if you want to pass the exam, you need to stay three hours a night for six months plus eight hours on the weekends. And I could never find that level of time. And I just kept on. Especially in like construction management. How do you do that? Yeah. Eventually, I decided, you know, I can't find the time. I'll never find the time. I'm just going to give it what I can and see what happens. I just I have to sit for this exam. So I pushed it off for four years, and I finally signed up for Civil Engineering Academy and took it. Got it done. Yeah. Well, that's awesome, man. I think there's a lot of people in the same shoes as you where they're struggling to find the time to make this thing work, especially if they're doing construction management or they're out in the field frequently. How did you do that? How did you manage that? Where did you find the hours, I guess? Were you doing it at night? Were you doing it in the morning? Were you just taking a lunch break? How'd that work? I tried to think about the exam like it was a marathon where I'm really into cycling. So maybe marathon is not the best idea. I'm into cycling. I do a lot of big rides, like 100 mile bike rides. And if I want to do like, let's say I want to do a, a bike ride at the end of August, at the end of the summer, I'll plan it out, you know, three or four months early and start kind of a training plan. I can't just get on my bike and ride 100 miles 
But if I prepare and I practice beforehand, then I can. And that's kind of how I thought about the exam, where I'm not going to be able to just jump in and study for eight hours straight or even every night. I'm going to have to study twice a week or maybe study for an hour. And if I get discouraged, let's put it down and come back tomorrow. You know, I don't need to wear myself out every time I sit down and study. That makes sense. Did you find that you had to reschedule stuff at all? Or did you ever kick the exam down the road when you had already previously registered for it? I registered for the exam three times and I rescheduled it twice. And then I sat for it on the third time. I had tried other online courses that just really weren't a good fit for me. And then the third time that I had signed up for it, I, that was when I took the uh, Civil Engineering Academy. Oh, that's awesome. How did you discover Civil Engineering Academy? How'd you discover us? I Googled around and kind of just went with my gut on what seemed approachable to me. This was the one I went with. Sweet. Yeah. We try to be approachable. I try to make it a little lighthearted. Engineering is already kind of a serious topic, so we try to have some fun. But uh, I'm glad you discovered us. You avoided all the bad reviews. <laughs> Just kidding. Well, that's awesome, man. I'm excited that you found us. When you say it worked for you, what worked well for you? What was it that like, hey, uh, this is going to work for me? I think that you're a very approachable guy which kind of made me feel a little relaxed when I was going through the courses. Other courses that I had taken, it kind of was like for professors, which maybe brought back some rough years in college, you know, of the professors being a little bit more uh, aggressive or, or negative or something. And I think staying positive and being relaxed helped out a lot. Your concept of knock the first half out of the park and then if you can do that, you're probably going to do pretty good on the second part, too. I just decided to believe you on that one and go with it. I took that to heart, and it really worked out well. Awesome. Yeah, we preach that. And this comes from my own experience. You know, I'm a repeat taker. I knew I had the challenge of passing this exam. And those AM questions are just way easier for you. Those general questions are just way easier. So if you can knock those out, crush those questions huge burden will be lifted off your shoulders for the afternoon. I mean, you could virtually only need to get half right if you really crushed those morning ones. So and those afternoon ones, they can be a doozy. So what depth exam did you go into? I ended up going with construction. I have about 50% of my experience in construction and 50% of my experience in geotech. And I had previously signed up for the geotech depth and studied for the geotech depth. And I kept on getting bogged down on, you know, super complex Moore's circle type problems. And I was having difficulty seeing the forest through the trees, you know. Yeah. You know, by the time I took it, I hadn't done serious geotech work in about 18 months, two years. And I thought, you know, why not just take the construction? That's what I'm doing right now. It's why I have 50% of my experience in. So that's what I ended up going with. That makes sense. Could you share any tips with... Anyone that was taking construction, like what was a surprise on the exam? What helped you for that particular depth exam? Well, something that always would kind of bog me down is I might do three or four problems really easy, and then I would hit one problem when I was practicing that it might take me 45 minutes to do that one problem. And when I started studying, I didn't want to just finish the problem. I wanted to completely understand why that was the answer, what happened. You know, I wanted to know it so that when I came back to it, 
it would, I would feel a little bit more comfortable. And some of these bigger problems, I would get stuck on for like two hours trying to really understand the theory behind it. And something that kind of helped me is realizing that people that write this exam are people too. There's going to be a problem on the exam that is going to be poorly written or it's going to be maybe they thought it was going to be a tough problem and they ended up writing an extremely tough problem on accident or something. That You're going to have, I'm going to say two, at least two problems that were poorly conceptualized and you just need to accept that and find those problems and skip those problems. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, you're going to run across a couple of those ones for sure. <laughs> That's good advice. And taking your course, you outlined a lot of the problems that we're going to encounter. And I already knew that through the course, there's some problems are a two-minute problem and other problems, even if it's a well-written problem, is still going to be a 10-minute problem. And if I can look at that and say, oh, that's going to be a toughie, you know, circle it, move on, come back to it later, get all those one minute, two minute problems out of the way, and then come back and start hitting the hard problems. Good advice. Did theory stuff surprise you? People have always said they're blown away by how much theory is on the exam. And would you have any tips for someone that is in those shoes? They're like, geez, there's so much theory. How do you prepare for that? Right. I had maybe a problem with confidence in myself and just realizing that I have the experience. You know, I have been practicing engineering and this test was made for me. It wasn't made to confuse me. You know, it was made for me. So when I got to those problems, they really weren't an issue for me. I think that I just went with my gut on them and just tried to answer them the best I could. I wish I had a better answer on how to study for them. No, I don't think there's an easy, you know, there's not a great answer for that because it's even test. I mean, we provide a course. How do you prepare someone for theory questions? You know, they're almost infinite. A textbook could all be theory questions. So you give people a flavor of what can be asked. And at the end of the day, you're going to use your best engineering judgment to read through the problem and try to select something that you can reason out and uh, figure out. So there's no right or wrong there. I just wanted to kind of get your take on those. Yeah. You know, everyone says do the practice problems over and over. And I did find that when I was doing practice problems, I would get a gut feeling about them. Even not just the theoretical ones, but even the ones that were calculations that, you know, let's say your answer was 100. And in your mind, you were thinking, I thought the answer was going to be like a five. And I got a hundred, like that can't be right. And just going with what you think. And if it felt good, it probably was good. And if it felt wrong, you know, double check yourself. And that same judgment, I think, is what I was using in the theory problem. Is there anything else about the Ultimate Civil PE Review course that you found that was helpful to you? I liked all of the material that I could download. And I'd studied for three months. The first month I studied two to three nights a week for an hour or two. And as soon as I felt tired, sleep is going to help me more than another hour of studying. And I just went to bed. And then the second month, I was studying four to five nights a week. And then the month before the exam, you know, I was pretty deep in it by then. And I was studying six nights a week. And I was bringing, had a paper to work and just doing the questions without the study guide. 
for maybe an hour in the middle of the day or something. And, and I was really trying to pack in studying by that point. I guess the exam is now it's computer-based. It is. When I took it, it was on in a book. It was pencil and paper. So a little bit different these days, but still, yeah, well, that's okay. You know, it kind of translates still to be very fairly uh, similar to the paper-based exam too. Engineering doesn't change that much. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, you mentioned that uh, you've spread the word a little bit about Civil Engineering Academy maybe just some coworkers and stuff. We definitely appreciate it. That's pretty awesome. So, you know, we're always aiming to try to spread the word of the courses that we have and some of the resources that we have available to people, even our free stuff, which is definitely on YouTube and uh, offer a bunch of stuff there as well. Is there any other tips, Alex, that you would share with anyone preparing for this exam that we haven't talked about? Yeah, I would say start off slow, believe in yourself and, you know, just take it one step at a time. If you're looking at the book, if you have a study, a CIRM with you, how many pages are in that book? Like maybe 800 or something? It's huge, right? Yes. When you start tabbing it out and you go through the sections, you realize it's like 10 pages of that book that are really important. You know, not the whole thing. And so realizing that I don't have to memorize all the pages and it's really just a couple of sections in there that are going to be the meat and potatoes of the test. I think that made it a lot more manageable. That's true. And even now with the CBT exam, they've got their own handbook. So getting to know that handbook is really kind of where people's focus is on now. I still think the CIRM is a valuable tool because it, it will teach you, you know, you can read up on stuff and you can compare how they write an equation versus the way the NCES writes an equation in their handbook. But um Hopefully all of that stuff has been distilled down to this reference manual where you can kind of search for that really quickly, but definitely a good tip there. Cool. Anything else? Maybe the vocabulary they use in the tests, right? Construction, the words we use change from state to state to region. You know, you might call it a sheep's foot roller in one state and something else in a different state. And learning what is the jargon that the test is going to use. I would even add, how does the NCES like even draw figures? Like the way they present information can sometimes take people like, what did they draw? You know, you're so used to something that can be very clear and understandable. And all of a sudden on the exam, they throw something in and you're just kind of like, what the heck is this thing they drew out? Yeah, catching. So on my exam, there was this question that was about. They said that you wanted to design the arc on the back of a baseball field. And the way the question was phrased was exactly like a vertical curve and a highway design. And so it kind of felt like they were trying to throw you off talking about a baseball diamond or whatever. And it really, it was vertical curve design of a highway. Catching that, I was like, wait, the way the points they're giving me and what they're asking me for is actually this part of what they're asking about. They don't care about baseball. <laughs> they don't care about baseball. Yeah, just a little mind bender there. So, yeah, you got to be aware of those that they kind of creep up, have nothing to do with problems. Sometimes they'll even add, you know, maybe a variable or something or a little piece of information that you need to filter out because it's really not part of solving the problem sometimes. So, Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, those are great tips. Uh, if anybody's interested, you know, definitely check us out, civilengineeringacademy.com. You can go check out our course, the Ultimate Civil PE Review Course there, or you go straight to the website, which is called civilpereviewcourse.com. 
Anything else about the course that you find that was helpful to you, Alex, you'd recommend to anybody else out there? I think I covered it. I, you know, I think it's a great course. I like the way it's set up and uh, I like the pace. It's a good pace. Awesome. Well, thank you for doing this. If anybody wants to reach out to you and maybe they had questions about taking construction or even maybe they're interested in going in the field that you're in, what's the best way to reach out to you? Yeah, feel free. I have a LinkedIn. It's Alex Kuhn, K-U-H-N on LinkedIn. And uh, yeah, feel free to reach out whenever you want. Perfect. Alex, thank you for doing this with us. I appreciate you jumping on and sharing your experience taking the PE. Everybody's journey is different and I totally get that. I'm a repeat taker. Alex, you passed it, what, first time? Uh, Yeah, I passed the first time, spent four years waffling on if I should take it. Took a little bit. So everyone's journey is a little different, but you can get there. I promise you can. Half of it is that mental game. And, uh, you know, I appreciate Alex touching on that too. So Alex, thanks for doing this. I hope you have a great weekend. Thank you very much. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Civil Engineering Academy podcast. Thanks for joining me today. If you want, please leave a review or a comment or a like. They definitely go a long way and share it with a friend because why not? It helps. Hey, if you're interested in becoming a guest, feel free to shoot me an email, Isaac at civilengineeringacademy.com. And if you know anyone or yourself personally, definitely check out our website, civilengineeringacademy.com, where we can help you on your journey to become a professional engineer, whether that's to help you pass your FE or your PE, or just get great career advice. And if you're interested in becoming a sponsor of this podcast and have an amazing outreach to other civil engineers, also shoot me an email and we'll be there to help you. Anyway, thanks for joining me today and we'll see you in the next one. Bye.